Welcome to Bethany. I'm Matt. I was really scared this morning. I was looking around the church and a lot of the crowd that's normally here was there this morning. But obviously you weren't, so I apologize. I thought there was not going to be anybody here because you're here and that's great. Oh man, um, like Ryan said, just real quick before we, we uh, start, uh, we have this conference coming up. Um, these flyers, we have a few on the table. You can take them with you if you want. Uh, take them, hang them up. Put them on your windshield, like Ricky Bobby, and uh, like all that kind of stuff. I was thinking about that earlier. I was like, man, we're really hurting for tithing. And I had this vitamin water. I was like, I wonder if we could like call Coke and find out if like, I could get sponsored to preach with a Coke in my hand, and if they'd give to our church because that. I'm pretty sure that's against the Bible somewhere, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, anyways, we're going to dive in today. We are taking a break real quick from our Acts series. Um, we are going to be in Luke today. The title of the sermon, which Tom came up with, because he's really creative like that, comes up with cool names. It's called, What Kind of Dirt Are You? Uh, we are in Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 15. If you don't have a Bible or someone under the chairs around you, if you need one, raise your hand, we'll get you one. If not, all the scriptures are up on the screen. We're, we're, we're lazy that way. Big screens are good things, and uh, we make it as easy as possible here. All right, oh, man, I need to get my head on straight. I just got done preaching a totally different message to a group of high schoolers, and they were just staring at me like, what are you talking about for an hour? And that's normally you guys, and uh, so I'm trying to get there. So let me pray just to get my head on straight, and uh, we'll, we'll dive right in. Lord God, I just thank you for tonight. Um, we just pray that your presence will be here, that you'll guide my words, that I will not say anything too stupid. Um, God, we, we do love you, and we just thank you that uh, we get to come together and just dive into this stuff and just let it change us from the inside out. In your name I pray, amen. Cool, Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 15 is where we're starting. And I totally don't even have the right page marked. All right, Luke 8, verse 4. Parable of the sower. That's what we're talking about tonight. Here we go. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in parables, stop there real quick, just so we clear something up. We, we really like the Bible here and we feel like it's gotten kind of a bad rap and a lot of places is boring stuff that's not that entertaining. The one thing we can see right here off the start is that when Jesus spoke, crowds came because he was pretty entertaining. He was a funny guy. He was funny, even though people like to say Jesus wasn't funny. He told a lot of jokes, and he made fun of people, and he basically called them stupid a lot. He was, he was a sarcastic guy. He had humor. He did a lot of things like that. So people came to see Jesus speak. Let's just be clear about that. So like the whole idea of little church on the prairie, like where we all look alike and, we, and nobody knew is ever allowed in, that's not very much like Jesus. That's why we're okay with this thing growing. That's why we're okay with having two services. Like, we need this service. If you're here in the morning, this place is packed out, and we're, we're glad about that. Because it says what? It says that people came from towns all around, right? We have the same thing here. We, I know we have people who come from Pitkin. We have people who come from Parlin. I don't, where is Parlin? I don't even know where that is. Where is it? Yeah? Okay. I okay. Yeah, like, okay, there. Um, Taylor. Up in Taylor Canyon, we have people coming down from Crested Butte. 
So when we bring the word of God, we want it to be applicable, right? We don't want it to just be some random thing that we're talking about here. And the same thing applies to Jesus as he's speaking. So we just need to point that out, that people came. And that, that's, that has something to speak into our lives as well, is that if we speak about Jesus, is it annoying to people? Does it scare them away? I mean, it, like, okay, let's just be honest. There's times when you talk about Jesus that it's not going to be the thing that somebody wants to hear, right? Okay, that's going to happen. I understand that. I'm talking about the creepy, over-religious guy who only listens to praise music guy and, like, wants to hit people over the head with his Bible kind of guy. Okay? That's not attractive, Okay, it's okay to be attractive with our faith. It's okay to make it in a way that's contextual for the culture, right? That's why most of the Bible was written in Greek, so people could understand it, right? So it's good to be that way with our faith. Just a little side note, that one's for free before we dive into the main part of this message. Verse 5, this is Jesus speaking. A sower went out to sow his seed, And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it, verse 6. And some fell on the rock, and it grew up. It withered away because it had no moisture. Some fell among the thorns, and the the thorns grew up and choked it. And some fell into the good soil and, and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And he said these things, he called out, He who has ears, let him hear. Okay, let's stop there before we read the rest of what we're talking about here today. We need to understand that he, at the end here, he says what he says, he who has ears, let him hear. This isn't talking about whether or not these people are physically deaf or not. When he says ears here, actually what he's referring to is their heart. Saying, those of you who can hear this, do you know that difference between when somebody comes to you and speaks truth into your life and you're at a point when you can hear them? But we all know that, that there's times when somebody wants to talk to us about something and we're at a point when we can't hear them. Do, does that make sense? Does that, does that, what I'm saying? Like, am I the only one that's ever felt that way? You're looking at, okay, cool. A couple nods. Two of you. Good. Um, so what he's saying is those of you who can hear this, hear this. This is my call for, for, for you tonight is what we talk about in here in this church is not always easy to hear. It's not always easy to receive. This parable that Jesus just spoke, I just breezed through it, and we're going to dive into it. We're going to dissect this thing. But, but here's my prayer as, as I was leading up to this, is that you people sitting here would be the people who would have ears to hear because it's of utmost importance. And, and, and just as a forewarning, we're going to say some things that you may not like or agree with. And that's okay. That's okay. Like, we understand that this is a process, that it may take time. But, but what Jesus is saying here, he's saying, those of you who have ears to hear, let them hear. Because, let's just be honest, sometimes we're not in the place to hear. And so I challenge you, just even as you're sitting here and as we go through this, to, to really try to... If, if I say something that you don't like, first off, see if it's in the, in, in the Bible, then it's not really me saying it. I'm just regurgitating it for God and question why that, why, why that wall came up, why you got hard against that. But, but, but try, as we go through this, to be soft to receive this. Does that make sense? So that's what Jesus is saying, saying, to those who have ears, let them hear, and I hope that's you. 
Okay, let's keep reading. And the disciples asked him what this parable meant. Okay, that's funny. These are the 12 guys who hung out with Jesus, and they didn't get it. Does, it, does that give anybody else encouragement for when you read the Bible? The guys that were closest to Jesus just missed the whole point. Right? A lot of times when we read this stuff, I don't get it. It takes some time. So, so the disciples say, Jesus, what are you talking about here? What does this have to do with anything? We, like, like, you know the guy sitting there, like one of them's like, oh, um, well, he doesn't know what it means, Jesus. Could you explain it to him? That, that kind of game, right? That's probably what's going on there. And Jesus like, okay. And, and what's really interesting, there's two times of all the parables that Jesus tells that he actually explains them. That he breaks them down and tells you what they are. This is one of them. So I think it's pretty important. If he breaks it down and says, this is what this means, the Bible doesn't do that very often. A lot of times it's left open for us to figure out and for the Holy Spirit to convict, to move, to, to guide us in deeper study and understanding. And a lot of times we're kind of left on an island a little bit to try to figure some of this out, and it takes time. But sometimes it's like, here's what it means. That doesn't come along very often, but when it does, we should really pay attention to it, Okay. So here's what it means. Verse 10. He said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. For others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Let me read that again, because that's pretty important to the rest of this text. To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. What this is saying is that when the gospel, the, the, the spoken word of God, goes forth, goes out, some people will, just won't get it. I, I mean, this is a, a, a truth of God that I don't totally understand, just being honest with you. But it says that when it goes out, some will respond negatively. That they will immediately harden up. That's scary to me because this is my job, is to speak this stuff. And that means that every time I have to get up here or Tom has to get up here or anybody who actually brings the word of God forth, when, when they get up to preach, that means that some of you may start resenting everything I'm saying and actually hating what's going on. That's what happened to Jesus. Think about it. How many times did that happen to him? He gets up and he preaches and it says that many, what was the response? They said, these teachings are very difficult and many left. And that's God speaking. I don't know if I can expect a much better result. That's a tough thing. And so I, my prayer is that that's not us here tonight, but that's the truth of it, is that a lot of times it'll go forth and some will receive and some will not. Okay, let's keep reading. We're going to be here all night. Verse 11, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God, got it? So the sower's out doing what? We have a farmer here, he's throwing the seed everywhere. This morning, 
Tom used marshmallows. It would look kind of funny if I did it with just us. He even did a LeBron impersonation with marshmallows where he, like, he acted like they were seeds and he was doing like the whole thing, throwing them up. And I even had three people come up to me and say, you're not going to do the marshmallow thing tonight, are you? I was like, why not? And they said, that's not your personality. You're not funny. I was like, thanks. <laughs> so when people start telling you you shouldn't do it because that wouldn't fit your personality, I guess you shouldn't do it. So I'm not. But basically, here's, here's what it's saying. It's saying that, that Jesus is literally throwing out the word of God. The word is going forth. He is spreading it everywhere. And the seed is the word of God. And the word of God is this, is what Jesus speaks. Okay? Where am I? 12, thanks. Verse 12. The ones along the path are those who have heard the who have heard, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Verse 13. And the ones on the rock are those who, who they hear the word, they receive it with joy, but they have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing fall away. Verse 14. And as for, for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who are hearing the word. Hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. So here, here, here's the question that we had tonight is what kind of dirt are you? This is the title Tom came up. Which one are, are you? And so we're just going to go through the four different ones that it lays out. Number one is this, is the trampled and stolen. This is the hard heart. I, I don't know how to put it. Verse five. The sower went out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. This is a person. This is people. I, I, I know them, and it, and it really does break my heart because the word of God can get thrown out, and when they hear it, it just falls. And it's trampled, and it's devoured and taken away. Now, those people are always going to exist, and, and I understand that. I'm not stupid. Okay, like, what is our purpose statement for here at this church? It is to be a relevant, growing family of missionaries who desire to see Gunnison and Western State know Jesus Christ. That is our purpose statement. That's what we exist to do. And we say that our mission isn't done until all are there. That is unrealistic. We understand that. But the bar is set high. Because here's what I've seen is this, is, is that when the seed gets thrown out, and if it is the hard heart, if it is the one that just rejects immediately, it is not always a no. It's not always going to be that way. Because why? Because how, 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 does, how, how does the Bible say that they will know our God? They will know our God by our love for one another? I've seen people come into relationship, not because they even believe this, like they think this is nuts. Scientifically, they just can't do it, or whatever reason. But I've seen people literally see the love that people have for each other in this church change a heart. I mean, I mean, 
I've seen people come to this church. If you were here this summer, we had this amazing ser- service. And, and, and I'm not doing it to embarrass her, especially since she's not here. It's really hard to embarrass her. But um, our good friend Marlene Shahan, an amazing woman of God. She's been here for years. She's here at like every prayer meeting. She's at everything she can go to. She, she was with me in a counseling session the other day. And, and, she was, and she's been here forever. She's a widow. Her husband died a few years ago. And, and she's faithful in every aspect, down to her giving, to her attendance, to being everywhere and just doing everything she can do. And, and, and get this, and, and so her husband died and left her a business and it wasn't in a good state. It just wasn't. And, and it got to the point where she actually came into my office and she broke down and she said, Matt, I don't know what to do. In a month, I'm gonna lose everything. It's when the economy really started to go down. She didn't know what to do, Right? She didn't know what to do. She had nowhere to turn. And so I said, well, this isn't acceptable, number one, because you're a widow, and the Bible calls us to take care of widows and orphans, first and foremost, right? Read Amos sometime if you don't understand that. Pure and undefiled justice is serving those. Okay? And so she came to us, and we said, you know what? We're going to do a whole service about this, about serving her. She, she didn't really know. And so what we did is we actually asked for all of her bills, and that takes some humility, Right? to cough up all your bills to somebody. They can see how in debt you are, see how far behind you are. And we literally took them all and we put them on a piece of paper and we, and we lined them across the front of the stage. And at the end of the service for the response time, we asked people to come and own those bills. That one Sunday, $32,000 worth of back bills were paid for her. So she could keep her business. She's now in a place where she's trying to sell. And we continue. We even had a guy who was a financial planner who offered all of his services for free to help her get out of debt. Okay? That right there, I walked into the brewery later that, that week for fish taco night. Everybody loves fish taco night, dollar fish tacos. If you don't know, I'm letting you know now. It's great. Dollar food, you can't go wrong. And I walked in. And, and, and people had heard about that. And they said, I don't do church and I don't do Jesus, but I'd go there. Do you see what I mean by when we truly love one another, that these things can happen? So, so this, this beginning message is kind of grim, right? The seed goes out and it falls in hard hearts, but we can't just accept that. That is not the call of a Christian, is when it falls on a hard heart just to give up. That's when we pray harder. That's when we rally each other, around each other. Okay, just as a forewarning, that's not when a person says no. We don't just like start sliding tracks under their dorm door every single morning, you know? And so they're like, dude, like, you, you, we're not competing with the Jehovah's Witnesses here, okay? That's not what we're doing. And so, but what I'm talking about is loving them through that and doing those kinds of things. That's the first kind of, and so if that's you here tonight, I, I really, you have to understand that my heart goes out to you and that my calling for having this job is you. That's my life work. That's how much we love you. So you, so you need to understand that. Okay. Number two is this, is no root. Verse six. And some fell on the rock and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. This is one of the scarier ones for me. 
This is what I see a lot of, especially in Gunnison, because um, for whatever reason, Gunnison, we attract a lot of people up from the Bible Belt areas. And, 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 and that's a good thing. I have no problem. I, everybody around here is always hating on Texans. I'm realistic, and I understand that we wouldn't have an economy if it wasn't for Texans. I love Texans. They come up here and spend money. They're the reason we have a ski area, so stop hating on Texans so much. Okay? I know they take up the whole city market parking lot with, like, a trailer that has another trailer with an RV and four Jeeps and then, and then a trailer full of four-wheelers. Okay? Like, I understand that. But let them go because they're here spending money, and that's a good thing. Right? Okay. Let's just clear that up. But, <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry. But here, here, here's what we see a lot of with this. And, and this is scary. And, and, and this is, we really pray that we're not a church that allows this to happen. And, and, and this is what I'm talking about is that at some point, somewhere, you walked an aisle. You accepted Jesus. You did the Baptist thing, right? You came forward, you know, and did the thing. You raised a hand. You signed a card. You got baptized. You did those kinds of things. You were confirmed. You were whatever it was. You know, you did the thing that you had to do. You said the repeat after me prayer, you know, and you did that whole entire thing. And those are good things, and I am not knocking those at all. Some of the times, I don't get them. I, I wasn't raised in that kind of area of doing things that way. It is a little strange to me at times, but I'm getting over it more and more. I'm around church people, but I'm starting to understand it. But what this person is, is the person who did that, and they did that a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, however long ago. But that is the mark of their faith. There is no other proof in their life anywhere of Jesus having really any influence. That's scary. Because what that means is you are living under a false assumption that you know this God. That's not what he calls you to. If you read it, Jesus didn't come to die so that we could sit there and walk around and say, yeah, I know him, but act like, well, it's only on Sunday or it's only on this day or it was a long time ago. That's not the life of freedom that he's called you to. How many Christians out there are walking around saying the name of Jesus, saying that they follow him, but look nothing like him? And, and hear me on this. That's me too. But I'm talking about on a level where our divorce rates are the exact same as people who don't follow Jesus. Okay? Where our suicide rates are actually currently with our youth higher than secular groups. That's scary because I don't know if we're really walking that life. And I may be being judgmental here, but I don't really think so. I don't think this is that far of a leap. I think so many of us have allowed ourselves to live in this kind of dream world of Jesus is kind of my buddy and we're tight, but I don't really ever serve him. What we need to understand is this, is that when Jesus came, what did he say? He said that, that, that I did not come to be served, but to serve. 
If we're supposed to emulate him, our lives should look pretty service-oriented. Let's go here. Let's, let's check out this first. First Thessalonians 4. Finally, then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God. Okay, now, I'm not a list guy, but when God gives us lists, I guess it's okay. These are some marks, and then this is what we call, I'm going to keep reading here, it's a big word, it's progressive sanctification. Sanctification means that you're being made more into the likeness of Jesus over time, Like, okay, we understand something here, that we don't expect you to be done, okay? This isn't microwave Christianity. This isn't throw you in and then hit the express button and you're done in one minute, okay? This is a lifetime of stuff, but this is some good stuff for us to read, okay? Let's keep reading. Verse 2, for you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual morality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgresses and wrongs his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. As we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for impurity but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this disregards not man but God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. God is calling you more into holiness. I know that sounds weird, and like nobody's walking around going, look how holy I am. Some are, but they're usually not that holy, right? If a dude's walking around saying, look how holy I am, chances are he's not that holy. But what this is, is saying, is there proof in your life Has it wrapped you up? Has it taken hold? Has it like moved you? And for some of you, you're going, yes, but I need more. That's a good place to be. I want, that's an encouraging place to be. Or, or, or some of you are saying, yeah, but I'm back to it now for the first time in a while. That's a really good place to be. But it says to hold fast. We'll, we'll get into that in a minute. We want to help you with this. this it's not over. And, and for those of you who, because, well, let's just be honest. Here's how it went down for some of you. And, you know, I'll, I'll be a father someday, and I really hope, and I don't think I'll do it this way. I've talked to people who this is their conversion experience to Jesus. At some point, their parents sat them down, and they said, this is hell and this is heaven. Do you want to go to heaven with mommy and daddy or go to hell alone? Being dead serious. Kid's like, oh, let me think. I think I'll take heaven with mommy and daddy. If that's you, I, I'm not, I'm not we, we laugh. It is kind of funny, but I understand. But, but understand that there is a deeper level of knowing him than that. Do you understand that your faith is so much deeper than hell or heaven? 
Yeah, that's a big deal. Let's not diminish that. But what is it? What's the Lord's Prayer? Kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, that you are called to take part in bringing parts of heaven to earth right now? Do you know that something that we do really messed up with eternity as we talk about it as a future thing? Eternity is now. You are called to be in it currently. For those who don't have the root of what it talks about, I'm afraid that they're just looking for some future thing. That it really has no impact in their life now. And we're looking for people who are impacted now because those people will do crazy things. My dad's here. I remember when I called him, I was like, hey, dad, I'm going to Serbia. He was like, what? And then I was like, oh, yeah, then I'm going to go to the Ukraine. And he was like, what? My family's freaking out. One thing I never told him, he's here now, and I can tell him, is when I left for Serbia, I had $36. You know, so, you know, (laughs) you hold those things back from your parents. Um, And then all of a sudden, my wife and I were walking around, we're, we're, we're riding, my, my poor wife is in a skirt, and we're riding a bike in the middle of Ethiopia. No idea where we're going. Just riding, and we're supposed to go to church, and I get there, and I'm supposed to preach, but they don't speak English, which is interesting. And there's like six of us, so we sit in this little hut, and I give a sermon, and they all nod and act like they understand anything I said. Okay, when you actually follow this, weird things happen. God calls you to do different things. And not all of you are going to get called to go to crazy different places. Some of you are going to get called to actually stay here, and that might scare you to death. That might be scarier for you than going to Africa. Some of you may be called to go home. Okay, if you've graduated, get an apartment. Don't move back in with your parents. Like, like okay, that's, that's annoying. That's not biblical. But what I'm talking about is, is going there and being there for the people that need you there. I don't know where he's calling you, but when you're active in that, you go. You do things, and they don't always make sense. You give sacrificially, and it doesn't make sense. But when you have the root that is buried deep, it's God that feeds that root. And that's how you can sustain yourself. It's crazy. The Bible says this is foolishness. Understand that. That this won't make sense to everybody. All right. Number three is this, is choked. It's the third kind of seed that goes out, is is, are, are you the choked kind? Verse 7, and some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it, and it choked it. This one's scary, just being honest. All, I mean, so all these are. The last one's like a good one. I mean, I guess you could figure that out. You can read. But what this one is, and this is what, what we're using this one is, is we feel that some of us in here really do believe in Jesus, really want to follow him, I talk about this all the time. It is, I see this, especially in youth ministry, regularly with young men. That's who I spend most of my time with, is young high school guys and young college guys. That's what I do primarily. And I see this sense of choked. And what I mean by that is like, 
I'm sorry, guys. I don't mean to pick on you. I always pick on guys. It's just what you get at the evening service. I like girls, and I'm not going to beat up on you. I, my, my dad would hear. He'd hit me um, if I was picking on girls. Um, is this. Is I see guys who come every week to a group or something, and they just struggle. I can't, I can't stop looking at porn. That's like the common one. Let's just be honest. Like every week. Every single week. They are just choked by this. And, and, and here's what we think this is. If you're being choked, what you're doing is you're trading intimacy with God for something else. Your intimacy needs to be with Jesus. That might sound hokey to you. I understand, and, and I'm sure it's on a coffee cup somewhere in a Christian bookstore. But your intimacy, let's just think, what, what, what do we give our time to? What do we give our pleasures to? What do we give ourselves to holy? Tom said it this morning, and I'm just repeating what he said because we talk about it all the time. I had never lived in a place where seasonally it is okay to stop growing in your faith. And Gunnison, for whatever reason, it's summer. We take the summers off. You're trading intimacy with a season. You're trading intimacy, is it hunting? Is it fishing? We got all sorts of stuff you can do here. Is it skiing? Snowboarding? Is it work? We trade this stuff off, and then we have no time. We have no understanding of how close God could be. And, and, and we can't even get to it because we're so surrounded with other things. Let's just be honest here, because with, with parents, and I see this so often, and it breaks my heart. And I'm looking around this room, and we have a lot of future parents in here. Is this is, and, and I, I just get a front row seat to it. That's, I'm, I'm not saying it's because I'm like super knowledgeable in this or anything. I just see it all the time. Tom and I talk about it regularly. Is we get parents who will say, "Your priority is Jesus," but yet they will never take time to sit their family down and pray. Our priority. Is our family going to church together, but not in the summer? Our priority, listen, we'll get up at 6 a.m. and drive you to a stinking cold and freeze our butts off hockey game. We'll drive all the way across the country for a sport. But if it involves spiritual growth, well, that can wait. Family is a big idol a lot of times. Just being honest, I, family's a good thing. It's a good, good thing. But it, your intimacy with Jesus is more important than your family. I'm just letting you know that. Because if you're not intimate with him, then you're not going to know how to order your family the way that God created it. What do you trade in intimacy with? Guys, porn is not a good trade-off with Jesus. Ladies, crappy relationships with crappy men is not a good trade-off for Jesus. Just being honest. 
It's not a good trade-off. Your intimacy, first and foremost, needs to be with him. When we learn that, we learn how to be intimate with others in just beautiful ways. Romans 8, such a good chapter in the Bible. If you ever just want to read a chapter in the Bible, it just, you know, like just goes in one side and explodes out the other, and it's just that good, and you have to just read it. Like, I have somebody right now, a lady that I'm counseling, and I'm just having her go verse by verse per day. She's not allowed to read beyond each verse. Just stay there, okay? It's a great chapter, okay? Um, Romans eight thirty one through 38. Let me know if intimacy with anything else gives you this. What shall then we say to these things? God is for us who can be against us. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also be with him graciously give us all things who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is intercessing, interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God and Christ Jesus our Lord. That or somebody treating you like crap. I mean, I, I hate to make it so blunt, but sometimes we have to, don't we? That or porn or a sport or a hobby or a season or a dead animal that you can hang on your wall. I'm not a hunter. You can tell I don't get it. I live in the 21st century. I go to the store and buy my meat. And don't tell me it's cheaper because it's not. I saw how much a tag costs, and I saw how much it costs to get that thing taxed. I can go buy a lot of meat for that much. I don't know what you're trading intimacy with God for. But he's calling you, and he's saying, come to me first. And understand something. He's not this God who doesn't want you to have these things. Okay, I'm not saying that if you're intimate with Jesus, you don't get to do any of this stuff anymore. It's just that you get to do it, and you get to do it giving honor to him. It's a lot better that way. It's a lot more satisfying. The last one is this, is the flourishing one. Verse 15 As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Let me drink. It's always weird drinking with a microphone on. Everybody's like, here you swallow. 
Everybody's like, oh, yeah, I want to be that. Me too. Here's the reality of the situation is, I don't think that's any of us, including myself. <coughs> it's just not. But through all those things I just talked about, if we will take all of those things, if we'll take all of those warning signs, because Jesus doesn't set us up to just fail, he wants this for us. Do you understand that? He's not some God who's sitting there like, ha look at them, they tried again and failed. That's funny. I'm perfect. They're not. That's not, how, that's not what he's doing. They hear the word. Are you willing to hear it? Does your heart soften up? Or, or, man, I just hope you're not the person that just hates it when you hear truth. And listen, I get it. People telling you truth a lot of times need to hear some truth for themselves, right? Like they come to you and they're like, hey, what's that speck in your eye? And you're like, look at that log in your eye. And that's our initial response, right? And you know that whole thing, that, that old parable? I, I get it, but listen, if that person's coming to you, give them a break. Chances are they love you a lot more than the person who wouldn't say anything. Because it's tough. Right? They hear the word. They hold it fast. They hold to it. They don't go very far from it. They understand. They understand that their intimacy is in that. They understand that their life is progressive, that it's not always done, that it's going to be a work in progress forever. And that and that their heart needs to be soft enough to receive. And finally, in there, well, actually two more points, it says, in an honest and good heart, that's the tough one. Some of us, it may be much more difficult to be honest with God than it is with people, and for some of us, it's easier to be honest with people than God. I know I'm the person I can confess anything to God because a lot of times he doesn't just come down here and kick me around for doing it. It's much harder for me to confess with people, to have community that will rally around me because they'll know how messed up I am, like what I've done wrong. Listen, my, my job is to lead you guys, and I know that's weird. I understand that. Like, that's different, and it's hard for me to grasp that. It's really hard for me to admit when I'm wrong. It's really hard to get up in front of people and be like, I don't have this all figured out. It'd be a lot easier. I mean, more people would probably come here. The challenge goes for you too because it's, it's, I'm sure it's hard for you. Are you honest with all of this? Are you willing to be honest? That's a big step. It's holding fast to it and being honest with it, dealing with it, Ignoring it isn't going to fix it. How many of you ever, like, it's the old thing, right? When you're a kid, you told the lie. And we, only, we say only kids do this, but we all still do this. We tell the lie, then somebody figures it out. But we lie to cover up that lie. Then it gets worse. Then it gets worse. And then we end up looking like a total idiot in the end. 
I think we do that in a lot of other areas too. This is calling us to be honest with that. And then it says, bear fruit with patience. Bear fruit. Bring hope. Bring joy. Bring peace. Bring patience. Bring kindness. Bring gentleness. All the fruits of the Spirit, right? You will bear those things in patience. Being patient with one another. Giving the time. Giving the effort. We say this here all the time. Loving people is not efficient. You have to be patient with that. Why? Because he's really patient with you. Really patient with you. I mean, think about it. If you were God, if I was God, we're all lucky I'm not God. There'd be a lot less people on this earth. Okay? We would not be having as many problems, in my opinion. If, but... We won't go there because he's sovereign and he's in control and he's doing it for our good and he's doing it right and I wouldn't. Patience. So here's the question and I'll, I'll wrap this up. Is you have a choice. We had the four ones. We had the trampled and stolen. We had the ones with no root. You point back to an experience. Don't really live it out currently. We have the seed that is choked, that is letting the things of this world consume us instead of intimacy with Jesus. And we're probably, if you're anything like me, you're probably a mixture of those things. But the goal is the last one, is to fall in the good soil, right? And, and, and I think you being here is a big part of that, honestly. So, Ryan's going to come up and we're going to sing a song here because we're church and that's what we do. We don't know how to close any other way. That's a good way. And what what, what, what we're going to do here is this, is I encourage you, if if you just just pursue like the attitude of your heart, and what that means is this, if you just want to sit, think on this, that's cool. I encourage you, if you need to grab somebody and be like, hey, can we just talk about this? I need some help in this area. Do that. It's really not worth waiting because if you're anything like me, you go, oh, I'll deal with this when everything's organized or better or I have more time. It's never going to come. I would challenge you that the best thing you could do would be actually do business here. You're already here. You have no idea how long I'm going to preach, so don't tell me you made plans. So, if you want to do that, if not, that's fine. If you're like, I, I want to hit Taco Bell before it closes, because I live in Gunnison, nothing go up. I get that too, that's fine. But I encourage you to pursue the attitude of your heart and just take these things seriously. Okay? We love you.